Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. And good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sewing Hope Podcast. I am Bill Snyder. It's wonderful to be with you this evening. Thank you so very much for tuning in and listening on Patchwork Heart Ministries' YouTube channel. And if you're listening to this later, know that you're getting it on Patchwork Heart Radio. And you can find us uh, anywhere that podcasts are found by searching for Patchwork Heart Radio on your favorite podcast service provider. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Andy Santos. How are you doing this evening, Anne? It's always wonderful to see you. Yeah, it's always wonderful to see you too, Bill. And and I'm very excited because I feel like we've got three, quote, friends together for this podcast as we have a common mission to bring Christ to the world with the mission that the three of us have on this show tonight as we have... Dominic D'Souza, who is the founder of smartcatholics.com. And as I said, a very good friend of both of ours. So thank you, Dominic, for being a guest with us. Hey, Bill. Hey, Anne. It's wonderful to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. This is exciting. And we had a lot of people who are excited to to listen to this podcast. I want to make a shout out to our friends from Smart Catholics and all of our common friends who are listening to this with all the wonderful Catholic conferences that you have put on for people, especially during this time, Dominic, especially during this time, during 2020 and 2021 of the global pandemic, you've done such a great job of putting on online Catholic conferences. So thank you. Well, that's really kind of you to say. And well, you've been involved in well, at least three of them now, and so it's it's just wonderful to partner with you. Yeah, we got so many uh, great things going on to be able to uh, work together and 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 do. You know, I mean, we're we're now living in a different world, and we woke up almost overnight in a different world, isn't it? Isn't that yeah, the truth? No you know, and um, so so Dominic, uh, you know, first of all, you're um, you you have an awesome uh, just conversion story and and you know, passionate cradle Catholic. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that um, that awakening to 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 the faith and. Um, and why you're so passionate. Wow, thank you. Uh, so, um, so yes, you're, I'm a cradle Catholic and uh, traveled all over the world. My dad was kind of a traveling speaker. He was in ministry. He was a teacher. And so we got to experience all kinds of different things. But my, my first passion was, you know, writing novels, reading, you know, absolute nerd um, as a kid. I was the kid on the block with the library, in the garage that everybody else came to borrow books from, you know? Um, and I didn't like my catechism. I was bored. I remember taking my book on the catechism and I hid it behind the TV where nobody would find it because it was just boring. And I just wanted to be working on my creative writing stuff. Well, uh, it was funny years later, um, I ended up going to work for the family business and, you know, uh, Catholic ministry, such like that. And, one day I was working with, with graphic design, something I discovered I was good at and I enjoyed. And I was cutting out pictures of, I think it was the Sacred Heart, 
Sacred Heart of Jesus. And I was putting him on CD covers, album covers for different talks I was working on. And I remember this moment when I was looking into the eyes, his eyes, and all of a sudden it was like the world went quiet. And I realized, I don't know who you are. I, I pray to you all the time. I don't have a relationship with you. I don't think of you as a real person. And for in that instance, all of a sudden it became real that, wow, he's actually a living person. And he's looking out at me from this picture. And then in a second, that sense was gone. And nothing, you know, immediate happened. You know, we're human, stuff takes time. But I think it was a little seed that started growing over time. And there would then come moments when I would be really, really challenged to want to just walk away from everything. And I remember looking at that same picture. It's actually the same one I'm fortunate to have on my desk to this day. And um, the warmth and kindness in his that in that painting, that picture, is just one that that always speaks to me. And it's just been an anchor for um, what we're doing, you know, what I'm doing moving forward. So this past year with COVID. Um, I've been hunting or looking for a way to be able to serve the mission of the church. And I loved what the Holy Father started bringing to the world. And, you know, his recent work, Laudato Si, his, you know, his different uh, writings. And I just figured I want to be able to contribute somehow. So online conferences seemed like a really, really cool way to go. And then building a community around that and, and, you know, all of the other services and projects and fun things that we're working on. But ultimately the point is, that little awakening that I had, how can I maybe be a part of helping other people to find that awakening? And how can we support the modern vision that you know uh, Catholics today need to rediscover that connection to the person of Christ um, and then find our own paths to being evangelizers? Yeah, you've done an amazing job. I'm so grateful I met you, honestly. And you <laughs> and Bill, you. between you and Bill, Bill and I doing this podcast twice a week, uh, Patchwork Heart Ministry, Tuesdays and Thursdays at six. And then you and I, Dominic, doing these conferences together. And you've been so gracious to invite me to be hosting some of the, the conferences and Bill too, which is amazing. So uh, I just think you're doing wonderful work. You know, you're bringing uh, Christ to people in a time when he is so needed. I love your conversion story too. I didn't know that about you. So that's interesting uh, because you are a creative person. I know that mm -hmm. you're a very creative person and you were raised in the faith. But I think the one thing that the three of us um, in hearing your conversion story and Bill and I say this over and over again on the podcast that how important uh, you mentioned your catechism, how important catechesis is. Mm -hmm. But we can't forget that part of catechesis is really what kind of person we are too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, True. it's got to be that uh, bringing Christ to other people through education, yes, through catechesis, but also through loving, through uh, being people who are exercising our own virtues toward others. And uh, so I think that's everything that you're encompassing at Smart Catholics. No, there's a phrase that's just become a favorite of mine more recently from uh, Marek Rudak, one of my favorite speakers these days and he said nobody cares what you know until they know that you care oh amen and i think that is a fantastic summary of the the drive behind so much of what the holy father is trying to get us to to think and reframe and that's that's part of how we've tried to anchor 
um, smart Catholics that you, you start as a smart Catholic, but you got to end up as a magnetic Catholic. It starts from the head, but it has to end in the heart. Um, I can't remember exactly the quote, but the Holy Father was talking about, you know, yes, we must share and, and evangelize and, and reach out and communicate, but that must also be backed up by a beautiful life, a life that is, you know, yes, have the answers, but if you don't have that joy, and if people can't see that you're happy to be alive, that you have a deep conviction that life is worth living, no matter what you're going through. And I, I get it. Life is so hard and it's it's tough for a lot of people right now. But that's the the joy that surpasses all understanding, you know, that that Christ promised that he would would send with the Holy Spirit. That is what we are invited to, to start to discover and to find our own way into that. Um, part of the... Uh, uh, part of the conversion story I didn't share was there's this one moment where I got on a bus in Sydney. It was just after mass it was a beautiful Sunday morning. I was going to head down to get myself a bagel and some coffee. I had this little ritual every Sunday morning after mass because uh, it was early and I got on that bus and there were a group of young Australian kids who got on behind me. I forgot if I said this was in Sydney, but um, a couple of Australian kids got on the bus behind me and they saw the church that the bus was pulling past and they started talking about it. And I can't exactly remember what they said anymore, but it was something like, oh, do you think the church is real? You know, what, what's Catholicism all about? You know, and they, they were just, you know, making jokes and talking about it. And I felt too embarrassed to swing around and, and say anything. And I just sat there feeling like a failure the whole drive to the, you know, the cafe. And then I got off that bus and I said nothing and I walked in and, and I felt like a complete failure because here I was the son of a, you know, a teacher, somebody whose life was all about communicating, who, who shared everything with us constantly. You know, I, at that time, I was working with a ministry that was all about evangelization. And it just seemed like here was my little moment where maybe I could have said something and I didn't. And mm. it just ate at me for 10 years. And I couldn't figure out why. Now I'm beginning to realize maybe I should have said something, but I think God used that moment of you know, weakness or failure, whatever, to help me to see that there was something missing in my formation. And it was that I'd gotten all proud and it was all head knowledge. And it hadn't translated into a confidence of, of how to live a life as a Catholic, as a magnetic, you know, person, as somebody who actually believes what they say. And it was so funny to wake up one morning and realize, well, my goodness, for all of this education, I don't actually believe you know i'm what's what they call it larping live action role playing you know i'm i'm just wearing the cool clothes and i'm thinking the cool thoughts it hasn't actually touched the core of my being and i think that is the the charism of confirmation that is what confirmation does to you is it helps you make that connection point from it just being something that, oh yeah, I, I say and I believe, to it actually touching your life and then you begin to realize, I can't live my life the same way anymore. Right. Dang it all, I would like to, but now <laughs> I have this conviction, <laughs> this you know, impetus, there's a fire. As Christ said, I wish the whole world was on fire, but it's it's not yet. You know, That is what confirmation does. And that's why I think, I think it was Bishop Barron who says, it's a sacrament in search of a home. You know, We don't know how to think about it. and and it's something that goes to work in you for a long time. Yeah. And it um, flowers in unexpected ways. And it's a sacrament that 
like baptism, we're given like marriage. It's given to us to keep tapping into and nurturing and growing, you know, in our own ways. It's a deepening sacrament. And that's when I began to realize 10 years later, that's why I couldn't stand up. I was too weak in that moment because I didn't have any of the confidence. Now, do I have it completely now? I don't know. I'll let other people decide. Just ask my wife. But now I'm beginning to see where I could be or should be, you know, uh, going as a Catholic. And I want to help other people start seeing that too. Yeah, I think one of the big things you kind of touched on there is the word confidence. And in that story, um, I think that there is so much to be um, taken from it, Dominic. I think what, what you just shared with our listeners and uh, is, is, is a beautiful thing, because when you step out in faith and confidence, the water, you can walk on it, right? Like, mm-hmm. like when, when you don't have that confidence and you let the fear and the worry and the anxiety and all those questions like in the back of your mind, oh, I, you know, I shouldn't speak, I shouldn't say anything, I shouldn't do this, that's when we sink, right? That's when we sink. But when, yeah, but yeah. when we we have the confidence to know, all right, you know what? I'm going to step out, and the Holy Spirit just better show up right here, you know. And <laughs> and and He does because uh-huh. our God never fails. And it's so, you know, wild to even you know think about that. Like it, it's crazy to even think about mm-hmm. that. But there's there's t- times in my life where yeah, I wish I would have spoken. And there's times when I recognize that confidence, and it's mm-hmm. been like okay. Yeah, that was a defining moment. That helped somebody else. That that gave life. Mm-hmm. That breathed life into the body of Christ. And um, so, so I just think what what you're doing, and especially the 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 great witness that is that that even you know people who are out there in ministry do not live this perfectly. Like it's not a perfect, you know, we, you know, we, nobody bats a thousand in in living the faith out. Yeah, absolutely, Bill and Dominic. And I love everything that you said, Dominic. And what you communicated also about that head knowledge that went into your heart. And God used that circumstance, I think. Even though you felt like a failure in that moment, you weren't a failure because you used it later on. It was like a way that God taught you so that you can do something special with your life in that regard right? In the same regard as what you witnessed, because you heard people that were against the church and not caring about their faith and all that stuff that we all experience at certain times, right? Mm -hmm. And you didn't know what to say. So what you're doing now with smart Catholics, I think, is bringing together the educational piece of the catechesis of our faith Mm -hmm. and the right teaching, right? The correct teaching of what we believe as Catholics Mm -hmm. with the compassionate side. Exactly. Right. The compassionate yeah. side is the, the, the act of listening. Mm-hmm. It's the empathy. Right. It's the realizing that, you know what, we're all on a different place on our journey. Some people are a little further along in their relationship with God and some people are just beginning, but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter because none of us are perfect Catholics, right? 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 We're not perfect. We might be smart Catholics, but we're not perfect Catholics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw this this quote recently that I thought was wonderful where the author was saying, this is, what was it? This is the true meaning of Christian tolerance. It's to accept that people are on 
different degrees of of their journey and it we may it's possible that we are farther along than them but it would take you know that might could be a fall into pride to actually say that uh, because they may be further advanced in other ways that we are not you know so everybody's progressing at a different state and that's why we have to, there there's this sense of then tolerance of patience and recognizing it's not up to me to live somebody else's life you know i've got i've got my own a couple of months back i was uh nathan crankfield who's been a speaker and a moderator at several of our conferences now he shared um this really just incisive little podcast entry talking about bystanders and first responders and he asked you what kind of catholic are you you know are you a bystander or a first responder and that just you can now see from that story I shared was a point of conviction and that just fire went off underneath me. And I realized that's it. Those are the words I've been looking for. And that's why smart Catholics have now has this, uh, this final, you know, sense of clarity that I've been trying to bring to it. I think that for a lot of Catholics, the, the culture, you know, being Catholic in the modern world or being online, just a lot of it feels like a dumpster fire. It feels like a 9-11. Everything is falling down around us. Now, half the time that may be because we only see the little that we know or what's happening just inside our community or country. But the point is, it just feels like it's falling apart around us. So then the question then is, and I think the Holy Father is, he's leading this charge. And he asks, you know, or we ask ourselves, are we bystanders who are standing back with our, our smartphones? And are we just standing there filming it and just, commenting on it and kind of judging it, you know, from the battlements, you know, whereas what does a first responder do? A first responder is not necessarily um, uh, a grade A specialist in solving all things. They're just somebody who recognizes I need to be doing something now. And you just stand up and you run into the smoke to start trying to help, you know, where you know you're capable. And that's what we need to break is this bystander effect you know, this is sense of apathy when like somebody's being mugged and everyone just stands around and looks and nobody does anything because nobody sees anybody doing anything. So what we need is a first responder mentality. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be Tim Staples with a, you know, a Bible downloaded in your brain, or you're going to be any of the amazing speakers we have today who are just competent as anything. We're not all called to be that, but maybe purely by a compassionate presence and a willingness to want to understand where the other person is coming from um, and being uh, realizing that we're on our own journeys. I don't have all the answers, but maybe I know a couple of the websites that I can trust and I like that I can turn to to get those answers to come to give. To some. And so that's, that's our focus is, is helping modern Catholics today understand how to live the faith in the modern world and not feel like bystanders, but feel like first responders. I think that is, uh, like I said, I don't have all the answers, but that is what I wanna help people do and is, is come together, let's regroup, not run away from everything, let's make friends and get good resources. And then let's head back out, you know, into connecting with each other. Yeah, I love it, Dominic, uh, so much. and. You know, there's a lot going on in the Catholic world when it comes to online conferences and when it comes to Catholic speakers and when it comes to the recognition of being a Catholic speaker that everybody knows who you are. And and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with someone who's very successful, who has a big following, 
who, uh, you know, they, they don't need to work too hard to get hundreds of people listening to their podcasts and buy their books and all of that. But mm -hmm. what you're doing, right, I think what you're doing with Smart Catholics is you're giving people who are just some of them, some of them who are just starting out in the Catholic speaking world or as an author and bringing them to the platform because they have so much to share. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're all part of the mission of the church, aren't we? Mm -hmm. And and I said this on one of your conferences recently. I remember saying this to the group that in some way, all of us are Catholic speakers, aren't we? It's not just a handful of 10 people who happen to be really good with speaking in front of people, right? And mm -hmm. that have a big, huge following. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, but I do think that so many people have a lot of gifts to offer the church. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing, I just think it's amazing. And I, I'm very thankful that you've given me the opportunity and Bill, too, and friends of ours to be a part of all of that. Um, because I do think that we've got to be part of that field hospital. You're talking about Pope Francis mm -hmm. and, and I completely am on board. I know Bill is too, with that whole idea of the field hospital. Absolutely. I mean, just think about what that means as a Catholic to think of yourself as a first responder in a field hospital. I mean, first responders are not the surgeons necessarily, and they're not the doctors, but they're the ones who go out and they get people and they, you know, identify where they're at. Can we move them? Can we not? You know, maybe we just need to stay here and hold their hand and, and just wait with them for a while. You know, the, uh, the metaphor obviously could go on in all kinds of places, but um, that, that sense that you, you shared of we all have our own witness, right? And I've, I was rereading the, um, the documents of the Vatican Council and uh, Pope Francis' recent book. Uh, well, not recent anymore. It's what, eight years old now? Laudato Si or something. And he was speaking to each of us have our own uh, witness and responsibility to share that in evangelization in our own way. And um, I think that is uh, something that the, the council convened to try to help us to start to see, because we hadn't seen it for a long time, the sense that the church ministers to us, and then we minister to the world. We're not supposed to sit back behind Father's um, vestments, and he is leading the charge into evangelizing the whole world. Father's job is to evangelize us. And then our job is to live and breathe what is taught at the altar, and then go and turn our homes into extensions of that altar. And then our hearts be further extensions of that into our communities. And of course, now online, the digital continent that we're now, you know, evangelizing. So that being the case, there are so many stories, and there are so many people with incredible things to share, uh, but they just don't yet know how, or, you know, maybe they're not being given a, a chance to grow their opportunity to share that witness. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I'm trying to now do is how do we help empower, you know, more people to start feeling that little bit more confident to recognize that we have to be magnetic Catholics yeah. so that people will be, uh, you know, um, interested to approach us. Uh, there are lots of people who stand up on uh, soapboxes and and who broadcast, you know, it is so much harder to like what the Holy Father says, allow ourselves to be evangelized by the poor. And they can be physically poor, or they can be poor in spirit, as in not having Christ in them, you know, but Christ is working through their lives. And maybe he wants to use them 
to evangelize us. So we now have to discover what is that, you know, that, that message that maybe I need to be listening to. Um, I was on a, a different podcast with Sean Nacino. Uh, it was all about Catholic courtship and such last month. And I shared a, a story that I'd never shared before. Well, idea. I thought it would be wonderful to make a little commercial for a convent and it would have this nun walking down a street and uh, she looked right and she looked left at the shopkeeper and then there's a homeless guy and there's a big businessman walking by. And, and as she looks into their faces, she sees the face of Jesus Christ in each one of them. And she smiles at each one radiantly. Uh, and then the camera sort of cuts to sort of reality in air quotes. And these people are staring at her like, what you are, there is something wrong with you girl. Um, and, and then shows each of them of course having different faces, but to her, she only sees the face of her beloved looking out at her from everyone. And I thought that would be such a cool message to be able to help people see the point of the religious life is to start to see Christ in everyone, to love the sort of the latent Christ, you know, present in everyone. Um, but that's our calling too. You know, whether she's an astrologist selling organic meats, you know, at your local fair or, um, you know, a, a Buddhist or somebody who is... It, whatever could be protestant you know you've got protestant family members uh not getting in arguments every time it's like that's kind of something that i've grappled with is oh that sort of instant sense of here's what divides us you know we need to start attacking that mm -hmm. and that's kind of been the catholic attitude for like a long time is is sort of celebrate the division which is actually i mean no again nobody want cares what you know until they know that you care you know so finding a way to celebrate, okay, what actually connects us? What do we both agree on? Because once you make a friend with someone, then they're more willing to go that extra mile with you. I remember being blown away. I think it was C.S. Lewis who said something once, you know, arguing with an atheist friend, um, that if you can't discuss something with somebody or argue with an atheist and then go fishing with them afterwards, then how you're evangelizing is wrong there's something off about yeah. it. Um, and that was, again, another one of those little seeds that went in deep. And I just thought, how can you do that? Because you have to stand up for what is right and you have to argue and contend for the faith, you know, and have an answer for, you know. But then there's the second half of that quote, always, you know, be ready for an answer for the joy that is in you. And it's that second one that I think a lot of people forget. So one of the, the core scripture verses from St. Paul is uh, I think it's, oh, I keep forgetting it. I think it's Philippians 4, 8, but where he says, um, whatever is good and lovely and true, you know, let's celebrate those. And I think a lot of people forget that the sort of operative sense in that phrase is whatever is good, wherever you find it, whoever says it. And that's actually kind of a hard thing to do, to be aware of the, the fingerprints of God in other cultures and other people's lives in other, you know, in other broken situations, because God never stopped working with other peoples and other cultures. And we see this in, in, in um, the Old Testament and sacred scripture, where we, it's sometimes it seems like God took this myopic attitude towards um, saving the Hebrew people. And that was it. And he left everybody else after Babel, you know, I condemn you to your gods, you wanted them, you can go have them, that is your punishment. But then we get stories like Job being missioned to Nineveh. And you sort of wonder, well, well why? 
you know, I thought God was here for the Hebrew peoples. And then there's times where God allows certain things to happen. And I forget some of the other stories. It just goes to show God has a specific focus for his chosen people, but he continues to be active in other cultures in trying to help them, uh, trying to work with them or trying to plant seeds in them so that when his ministers show up as missionaries or friends, we can instantly see, oh, that's what God's been doing in your culture through your own sages and your own mystics. I mean, we have, we've been graced with people like St. John of the Cross. And then you go read the, the, the um, sage or, or the mystic Rumi from, uh, I think he's a Sufi uh, Muslim. And you read some of his things and you're like, oh my goodness, he's pretty much quoting John of the Cross all over the place. Maybe it's like, 80%, 90% there. My goodness, he has, you know, God working through that to try to, you know, help people. Um, and this is the thing. Beauty is something rooted in God. You know, goodness and truth, these are of God. Now they can be sort of twisted and, you know, and, and elements can be lost or whatever. But if we don't have an eye to see and an ear to hear, you know, wherever the truth is, um, we're just going to have a hard time with evangelizing. And the same thing goes for modern culture. And I love this point, you know, Pope, Bar um, sorry, Bishop Barron shared in one of his uh, videos within this past year, he's talking about the need to engage with the modern world. Nobody loves a dead thing. And if we think that the modern world is completely dead and there's no Christ in it, well, then we're never going to reach out and make friends or evangelize. And nobody is going to want to really, you know, deal with us. But we know that it's not because it's alive and it's in time and and it's influenced by the church and, and we're influenced by it and, and we all have to, you know, work with that together. But if we just write everything off as, oh, it's not perfect and it's not all Christian, you know, it's like how many atheists out there can't stand The Handmaid's Tale for that reason? All they see is this horrible, closed-off, cult-like sense. But the Romans did not get that sense with the early Christians. And when the missionaries would, you know, would show up, well, like the Romans would say, look at how these early Christians love each other. This doesn't make sense. This isn't natural. Well, they were right. It wasn't. And when the missionaries would show up, and I think it was G.K. Chesterton who said this, um, they would show up to the ancient, the, the pagans, and the pagans would be like, oh, you're you're here to, to steal our women. It's like, no, we, we took vows of chastity. You know, your women are safe. Well, well then, you're, you're here to steal our gold. Nope. We took vows of poverty, so... You can keep your gold. Well, then you're here to overthrow us. Nope. Uh, we took vows of, you know, obedience. Well, what the heck are you here for? Well, we we have a message we'd like to share, that, you know. And uh, either way, we just, we'd like to live here and, and contribute and be a part of, you know, learning how your culture works, you know, on your terms and find out how we can uh, share this wonderful message. Now, of course, did, did it happen weirdly in many times and were there lots of mistakes? Yeah, of course, it's history. People are people in their own time. But you get examples like um, Father Matteo Ricci, who reached the Chinese in a way St. Francis Xavier never could. Uh, he enculturated himself. He learned their language. He learned their culture. He learned China from the inside out so that he could, could communicate to them a beautiful Christian um, enculturation of uh, of the gospel message, not just of Western Christianity. This is the important point. I think that the our latest council is trying to help us see this is not about, and it can't be about 
Western Christianity. Um, it is about the gospel message, which both the tradition of the magisterium and and sacred scripture, they are aspects of the gospel message. And that is what we need to get back to understanding and then renewing how we live in it. Um, I think it was Pope Francis who speaks to um, Christianity. No, no, it was von Balthasar in his book, Raise the Bastions, where he says, Christianity is a return to the resurrection moment in every day. The renewing, the coming to life of Christ in the world, in his human and divine perfection, that is what Christianity is, not just the passing on of tradition, but the ever renewal, um, making new again. And that is a very difficult thing, just like the human body completely renews itself in every cell. I think it's like every three years, you know, you're not the same, you're not made of the same stuff that you were three years ago, eight years ago, uh, but you're still here. And it's the same thing with the church. And it's this difficult kind of tension that we have to figure out. How do I live as a modern Catholic in the modern world with this first responder sense of joy, you know, of bringing the gospel to at least my community, my sphere of influence? So awesome. Dominic, uh, your, your passion is palpable. So just, mm. so just thank you so much. Uh, I, I, I also want to thank a lot of the people uh, tuning in tonight, uh, we have uh, record live listenership. Uh, so, so thank you all for tuning in uh, on Patrick Hart Ministries' uh, Facebook page or uh, or YouTube or or even uh, F- uh, Fiat Ministry Network. Uh, thank you wherever you're listening uh, to the tonight's program. Uh, but I, I did type in uh, if you'd like to uh, participate, go over to the uh, YouTube channel for Patrick Hart Ministry and type in your questions into the chat. Uh, I did ask if anybody did have some questions, and uh, one of them would like to know, Alan Smith would like to know, uh, if uh, what, what, you, what Smart Catholics is doing for Lent, what are some of the upcoming Lenten um, you know, events that you guys have, and when are they, who are doing them, and all that stuff? Great question. Smart Catholics officially doesn't have any Lenten programs, uh, partly because there's so many others going on that um, I wasn't yet sure what would be a new thing that we could add to it. I'll throw a plug in here for um, Perusia out of Sydney. They're running a Lent pilgrimage towards, it's the last two weeks of Lent, uh, ending with Easter. Um, so if you go check out perusiamedia.com, they have a, uh, a Lent pilgrimage that's going to be happening soon. Uh, I think they're doing like two short meditations a day. It's kind of like the Stations of the Cross with a special 15th um, day. Uh, meditation. So it's all for free and you can all uh, jump in there. I think we do have a couple of other people within our community, like um, I think Terry Modica from Good News Ministries. And uh, I can't remember if there are others, but they're also running a trail of roses, I think is a Lenten little pilgrimage that she's going to be doing. So people can join that for free. Um, Those are the two that are top of mind for me. Awesome. Yeah, I, I know. I'm definitely looking forward of, uh, to being one of the presenters with the uh, Perusia Media one. That's so exciting because I know Steve Ray mm-hmm. is uh, taking his Stations of the Cross and doing that. So he's going to do the Stations of the Cross for the last uh, 14 days. And of course, on the 15th day, uh, we will celebrate the resurrection. But, it, it, you know, uh, Charbel and what he does is so amazing, uh, especially after getting a chance to partner with him for the uh, Advent uh, the Advent uh, pilgrimage, which was yeah. uh, amazing uh, to be able to work with him on. 
so I'm totally looking forward to just participating and seeing the amazing stuff that's going to happen uh, with with that. So definitely second that, Dominic, and, and tell people to go over it. And I and I know you're doing a lot of the graphical work and a lot of the other work, you know, just helping helping uh, Perusia get things set up. So so thank you for all the awesome work and stuff you're doing. Yeah, I say thank you too. It's really a pleasure working with you, and I love listening to everything that you just said about uh, the church and church history and relationship with God and some of the reflections from the saints and Pope Francis. So thank you. Uh, I think that what it comes down to from what I'm hearing from you is that our faith is not uh, really, it's not a checklist, is it? It's, it's a relationship that we start with God and then it branches out to our relationships with other people. And, and that's how God works, right? God works yeah, that way. Exactly. And that we find, like you mentioned, I mean, we also don't want to just become friends and relationships with people that are exactly like us in every way. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to see the beauty in, in people of all different uh, cultures, right? Mm -hmm. And and religions and, and other kinds of things that are different from us, the different ways that we can be um, uh, vary as, as people, right? Mm -hmm. we, we always exactly. want to make that outreach. So... Uh, thank you. Now, there's some great things that are happening with smart Catholics in the next several weeks and months. Uh, I know one of them's coming up pretty soon, uh, which is next weekend. And I happen to be involved with that. That's the Catholic dating conference with smart Catholics on the weekend of the 13th and 14th of February. So I wondered if you could share a little on that. And I will too. Sure. So we actually had a little change where uh, it's just going to be on the 13th because instead of making it a paid conference, we're shifting to make it completely free. And then we're just going to live stream the whole thing um, and share it on Facebook so that everybody can get to enjoy it. Because as we were, we're starting to work with the, the different talks that speakers are sending in and, and it's the Valentine's Day weekend and bunch of different reasons. It just started to make sense. We need to give this away for free and uh, just try to get it out to as many people as possible, because I think there are a lot of people, maybe young people, especially um, who are home in lockdown, you know, or it's just a pandemic and, and, you know, connecting with people online is the only way they can. And not a lot of us have a lot of income right now. It's the turn of the year. So um, what we're going to do is take all of the, uh, the different talks and we're going to line them up back to back and let the uh, the speakers go ahead and, and share them. And uh, we'll take people's questions and we'll answer them in a couple of panels. Um, and then everyone who would like to is welcome to come and join a, uh, it's a brand new private group inside of the Smart Catholics community to, uh, it's called Catholic Romance. And it's kind of a big, just catch-all group for us all to talk about any questions that we have, like what does the church, Catholic church teach about romance? And, uh, it surprised me getting into this whole discussion, you know, do well, I'm married now, but back when I was dating and engaged to my wife and began to realize, wow, the church has a, a surprisingly deep, surprising because I didn't, nobody had communicated it to me, uh, deep theology um, and, and awareness that there is an aspect of Catholic romance yeah. that the church doesn't totally teach us, but married couples teach us um, this sense that the, you know, the theology of the body, it was something the Holy Father said, we're going to get this off the ground, but we need more people to continue 
enriching this. And some of the people who are able to really start to understand the transformative effects of being in love to somebody else. Um, yes, you're going to get amazing stuff from mystics and priests are going and, you know, religious are going to tell you incredible things, but there's the one that we haven't yet heard from as much yet. And we're, we're now beginning to, you know, uh, as we've just talked about this whole, you know, episode, giving uh, more of a voice to lay people to share their witness, their story. I think a lot of us like to hear from people who are like us. Uh, we like to also learn from the insights and stories and experiences of people who are like us, because then it feels it feels more achievable. I mean, that's why the church gives us saints in every century, because each saint is a particular mission to that time, has a particular message that God wants to communicate to that time. But the thing is, we are all of us, we're called to be saints. And not everybody's going to be a heroic saint, you know, in a firing squad or, you know, live a life of misery. Or some of us are called to be really quiet little people who just deliver bagels, you know, or can do nothing but help at a hospice, you know, or just post empowering stuff online and reach out and try to make human connections and celebrate what is good. This is the point. There's, there are not one, just one path to God in the spiritual life. There are 10 trillion paths. Each one of us is going to be a distinct kind of saint, you know, when we get to heaven. And yes, that can only happen through a relationship with Christ. Um, uh, because that's just, that's how the, the order of grace works. Christ communicates grace to every living being, you know, and attracts us all to try to come to understand him and God and in a special way through the church and then tries to empower us to, you know, get that gospel out to everybody so everyone can start experiencing right now today the effects of what it's like to start living in heaven now. You know, that's the whole point about heaven. It's not just Valhalla we'll, we'll get to once we're dead and we check out from, from this life and woof, I am out of here. That's not, <laughs> you know, gospel message. The gospel message is the transfiguration where Christ revealed his, his you know, hidden divinity and said the kingdom is at hand yeah. and when something is at hand that means it's like it's in your hand and you can grab it you can hold it you know and i think a lot of us we don't realize that we keep sort of oh i'm just i'm gonna check out i'm gonna be so glad when this is all over i'll rest when i'm dead you know well that's not the message of the gospel the message of the gospel is that when you start living the life of heaven right here right now and as it relates to the message of catholic romance um um, I'll, I'll say this till I die. Just ask my wife how, what kind of husband I am and she'll tell you. But I know I'm on this journey to be changed and she has changed me because um, when you truly want to be in love with somebody else, whether you fully understand what's going on or not, you truly want to, you begin to realize that we have, we're called to love that person the same way that God loves us, whether we feel like it or not whether in that moment we want to or not, or we're having a bad hair day, you know, or there's arguments or, you know, whatever, you begin to realize that person is worthy of being loved purely because they exist. You know, whether they deserve it or not, or I feel like they deserve it or not, I, that person deserves to be loved completely and utterly for the rest of their life, purely because they're alive. When you begin to, you know, to start living from that point of view, then also you begin to understand, wait, that's how God loves me. Yeah. And if he does, well, 
how much am I able to relax? And then what kind of joy can I start living from that, again, surpasses all understanding and, and doesn't go away just because your coffee's cold? Amen. Amen. I could listen to you talk for a long time because oh, shucks, I probably could too. <laughs> you know, because I think one of the things that I've learned from you, Dominic, and also from being friends with smart Catholics and the people that you've introduced me to is that there's such a value in human relationships and there's such a value in virtue and in patience with others. Right. And um, sometimes we, we want things to be our way and we have a to-do list, whether we are doing that to-do list for our faith or whether it's just a human to-do list, right? Mm -hmm. But I think what I'm getting at is that uh, that to-do list, when you include God into everything that you do and you ask God to help you to have those virtues, to care about other people's problems, to care about other people's issues and concerns. Uh, that's a lot what I've learned from you and from smart Catholics, that the community that you're building is helping people to live virtue. And that's starting to live heaven on earth, as you said. That's starting to bring God's kingdom when we really and truly care about others. Mm -hmm. And I think another thing I've learned from you and smart Catholics is the idea of active listening. And I think it's an art that isn't really, um, you, don't, you don't see it very much anymore. And even in Catholic circles, you don't, because people can get caught up into their own, you know, mission and how they want to sell this book or do this or do that or get people to their website. And, and that's all good. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's that care of the individual human being and, and really actively listening to others and caring about what, what they care about. So I just want to thank you for teaching that to me oh, and sucks. making thank such you. a difference in my own life. Uh, because, you know, all of us want to be happy too, don't we? I mean, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Uh, not happy in the ways of the world, but happy in the ways of God. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you make good Catholic friends like you, Dominic, and you, Bill, uh, then it helps you to be happy in this world because you've made a connection with another human being that's trying to live out the virtues of our faith. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. Thank absolutely. you so much. And uh, we do have another question uh, for you, Dominic. This is a good one too. Um, if this is from Abby and uh, she says, how do you know which path to sainthood is for you? That's a really good question, Abby. And I want a quick shout out to everybody who joined us live. Um, thanks to Crystal and, and Hermelin and Abby and Alan. Thanks for joining us live. It's cool to spend a little time with you. Um, it, that is a good, really good question. How do you know which path to sainthood is, is for you? Um, this is actually something I am actively trying to tackle in this new year um, is how to understand if, if we're all called to share the faith, you know, this is part of this question that Abby is asking here. If we're called to share the faith, we're not all called to share it in the same way. And I think this actually kind of goes back to that story I shared of me on the bus. Um, I always thought that evangelizing meant I had to be like this other person. I have to be like 
Tim Staples. I have to be like these other, you know, amazing, highly convicted and confident and communicative um, evangelizers. But I'm not that kind of person. I'm actually, I'm not able to do that. I'm just, I'm the, this more kind of creative, introverted, you know, type. And I think that that's a question we've never actually slowed down, or at least I haven't seen anyone who has slow down to actually start thinking this through. How do we help people start to find their own paths to sharing the faith? But you can't really start doing that until you start to understand, well, what is my own path to sainthood? And I think, I'm sure you ask 15 speakers, you'll get 15 answers. So here's mine. I think it starts with what gets you excited to be alive? And I think there's a lot of people who go through so many things in life and they never slow down to actually take time to figure that out. But if you are able to identify what is it that you actually love doing? For some people, the moments when they feel absolutely alive is when they're hiking the Adirondacks uh, or when you're cooking family recipes or when you are simply ministering to somebody else or bringing the, the viaticum, you know, or helping someone pay their taxes and process, you know, their accounting. You just, man, you just love numbers. I say that because I'm a complete, I'm terrible at math. Um, but there are some people who just, they come alive. That is the clue for each of us to find out what does God want of me in this life? And this is actually the, the kind of the cool thing. We're going to get callings to things that never existed in the past because certain things never existed in the past. For somebody who say becomes fully alive riding like like a, a bike, being a professional bicyclist, you know, you're you're not going to get a Roman in 100 AD saying, "Dang it all! I wish I had a bicycle, man. Those things are lit. I should be doing that with my life." You know, that kind of dream would not be planted in you because it was not the time for it. So today, if you get people who, who you know, coding is just oh my goodness, can't get enough of it. Not just because it's like like an addiction or you know a fallback but something that you actually would be willing to get out of bed every single day for the rest of your life for, something you'd be willing to sacrifice time and energy and effort for, you know, because it makes you happy and it's a good thing. Well, then that's your clue to how you can live the best version of yourself and your best life. And that is going to be your path to being who God wants you to be because he's given you your own unique charisms for your state in life, for you know, the community that you're living in, for the kind of person that you are, you know. So find out what makes you excited and passionate. You could be a professional reader, you know, in a library. You could be a copywriter. You know, you could write novels. You could write just one thing. Or you're just somebody who stands at a mall and gives out free hugs because you just love communicating the joy of being alive. There are some people who are amazing at that. Um, but I think that's where it has to start. Find out what, what your charism is. What are you meant to contribute to the world? Because the world needs what you have to give. That's what God is trying to give the world through your life. You know, not just to like make use of you, but that's what he wants to collaborate with you to bring creation. And there's going to be 10 trillion different ways to express the infinity of God's love to all of humanity. And, and each of us are one of those 10 trillion throughout all, you know, all time in history. You do that to the best of your ability with the greatest love you can, you'll, you know, and you know, wanting to be in union with God, you'll probably find that, you know, find it easy to uh, 
make your way to heaven. Someday we're going to hear about St. Dominic. It might be a while, but <laughs> another St. Dominic. Oh, well, maybe. I, yes. I'll yes. let you know if I get there. <laughs> I love to, we love having you on here. We're going to have to have you back again because you oh, know what? You. It's already an hour has gone by. I can't believe it. And it just goes to show when you get a great guest and a great friend to, to join you on a podcast, we could probably talk for another couple hours. Oh, yeah. sure. No, and you and I on our own calls. We go on for ages. No, it's, it's That's awesome. right. That's right. Um, now, is there any other uh, call to action or anything else that you want to tell the listeners about that's happening with you or with Smart Catholics, other than we just said about this conference coming up this weekend, mm -hmm. but how they can connect with you? Maybe some, some people are listening and they're not connected yet on smartcatholics.com. Yeah, if they would like to, we have a, a free community. For some people, it's kind of like a, <clears throat> a home away from Facebook. Um, so we're setting up a free community. It's a place for people who, who one, just want to get in touch with other friendly, you know, like-minded Catholics who believe in a culture of kindness and a culture of learning. Uh, I think there are a lot of communities out there where people are trying to run away from being active online. That's not what we're about. It's, we're regrouping. That's all it is. We're regrouping, making friends so we can head back out again. We uh, try to have uh, you know, things that people can tap into for learning. We have Catholic groups um, or, or organizations, you know, creating their own little groups inside to start you know, providing people with things to accompany their own journeys. Um, but come and join the community. It's free. Like I said, we'll, we'll run conferences or events. You know, we're working on getting an academy off the ground to provide more frequent, you know, shorter, uh, you know, little talks that people can attend. Um, they can have a read of our vision statement um, on the website, you know, what we did in this past year and where we'd like to go in the new year. And uh, if you're an indie Catholic creator, somebody who's written a book or, you know, you're, you've given talks and you think that you have a message that you're on fire to share, come and check it out as well. We've got a tab up there that says, help for creators and speakers. And it outlines everything that we're trying to do to share and help, you know, these kinds of Catholics to be able to share their message. Um, that That's our thing with smart Catholics. We want to uh, educate and entertain and empower Catholics to feel like, you know, that they can be confident in sharing the message, but more importantly, in sharing their way to share that message. Um, and that's why it comes down to it. We'll start as smart Catholics. We always have to end as magnetic Catholics. You know, we always end with the heart because that's when everything, you know, yeah. comes together. Christ revealed to us his sacred heart, not his sacred brain. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I have to remember yes. I have to remember that one, especially for our <laughs> ministry here at Patchwork Heart Ministry. Uh, but folks, uh, thanks again so much for tuning in and listening to us, no matter where you are listening to this. Uh, head over to uh, our website too, which is very simply uh, patchworkheart.org. You can also uh, follow and like us on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and all those great platforms. All you need to do is search for uh, simply Patchwork Heart Ministry or Patchwork Heart uh, Radio, and you will find us uh, in those different areas. So folks, uh, I want to really want to thank you, uh, Dominic, again for being with us. It's been a pleasure. We definitely have to have you back because you have so many amazing stories and such a great uh, life and uh, energy for the church and really a great vision on how to bring people together and lift them up uh, while, while maintaining the truth of what we believe, which is such an important thing. 
So uh, really, really thanks to each and every one of you. Thank you, Anne, as well. As always, uh, it's a pleasure, and so thank you for being here tonight, too. Oh, thank you to Bill and Dominic, your friends. I love this podcast. Dominic, please come back again. Thank you. I'd love to. Thanks, everyone, and thanks to those who are listening in. All right. Well, folks, uh, once again, one more time, visit our websites, uh, very simply, patchworkheart.org and desantis.com. But uh, we really appreciate you all tuning in tonight. And until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, the St. Raymond Donatus Foundation, and Fiat Ministry Network, keep beating to your Catholic heart and sowing hope into broken hearts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sowing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or Andy Santos 2.